today's daf is Gittin daf Samachal. If we are holding on the bottom of daf Samachal mid Bays, we were discussing when you have a river that flows past the, past several fields, who's entitled to get the water of that river first? Is it the people from the top of the from the top fields, or the people from the fields that are on the bottom that are near where the river flows down to? So the Gemara had said yesterday. The last thing we learned yesterday was we couldn't come to a very clear conclusion as to which one is correct, and therefore, whoever is stronger is the one that ends up winning out. So uh, today we're going to continue to discuss the situation of a river, and what the and we're going to tell a couple of stories about a river that flows from one place. I couldn't find it either, I don't know where. So, about a river that, that, that flows from one place to another, and uh, we're going to try to come to, uh, to some sort of uh, discussion, some sort of halacha conclusion about, about that. And then we're going to discuss all the other th- cases of Darkei Shalom that happen to have been mentioned in the Mishnah. All the other things that we do because of Darkei Shalom, how we're mefarnes, aniye yakumim, aniye Yisrael, how we, uh, what, what's considered gezel mi devreim and mepnei Darkei Shalom, and what's only considered, and, and what's only considered gezel mi Darkei Shalom, all the cases that we had in the, uh, in the Mishnah. Then the next Mishnah is going to uh, discuss further cases of Darkei Shalom, things that relate to dealing with people who are chashur on Shemitah, dealing with people who are Ame Haaretz and therefore aren't so careful about Tum and Tahara, and the Gemara is going to discuss the definition of an Ame Haaretz in this regard, who, what kind of Ame Haaretz that we, uh, we, we might be talking about in this regard, and that's going to, uh, to that, that discussion continues well through uh, Amud Bey's as well about uh, dealing with people who are chashud on a variety of different of different isurim. So again, we are holding on daf samach amid bay. We are at uh, the five, four lines before the lines get wide. So we had just mentioned this concept of kolda alim gavar. Just to, to mention quickly, kolda alim gavar is a discussion in Maseches Baba Basra. What exactly does that mean? That we're not sure what to do, so we say, okay, we don't know what to do, so fight it out, and whoever's stronger is going to win. That sounds dis- decidedly not a Jewish way of dealing with, with things. So there is a machlokas rishonim in Meseches Baba Basra about this. The rush in the third paragraph of Baba Basra, Simul Chavbe, says that we assume, it works with the assumption that Misha, Dinimo, the one who's really correct and who's really, who's really right in this, in this dispute, is going to be Moser Nafsho more than the other person. He's going to fight harder and therefore the assumption is that he's going to win. Whereas others say that no, it's not about being Moser Nafsho more than the other person, it's just that we don't know what to do, so we don't know what to do, so Basin can't paskin out of uh, lack of yidiyah, Basin has to paskin when we do know what to do. What, what, what's clear though, and the Taz points this out, is that in our case, you can't say like the Rush, that over here Kaldal and Gavar can't mean that the one who's in the right is going to fight harder, because that works with the assumption that the one who's right knows that he's right, and the one who's wrong knows that he's wrong. But over here, these people could go to a Beisdin, ask the Beisdin, knew which one of us has the right to the water first? Is it the people on the top or the people on the bottom? And Beisdin would say, we don't know. It's, it's a question in halacha. It's not a question in the metzius of who's right and who's not. They have no idea. So to work with the assumption that there's going to be a chazaka, that one of them is going to fight harder, we can't work with any such, uh, such assumption over here in this case. Now the Gemara 
discusses further. Rav Simi, uh, yeah, Rav Simi Barashi also came to Abaye. Rav Simi Barashi came to Abaye. Amrle Losfun Mar Beidna. He says, I would like to have a chavrusa with you. Set, set aside for me a time that we could learn together. Amrle Isli Idna Lididi. Abaye says, you know, my time is kind of valuable. I have, I'm already pretty booked uh, in my, my own time. Velosfun Mar Belele. He says, okay, what about nighttime? I don't know if you do anything at night. Amrle Abaye says, well, Isli Maila Shkriye. Well, at nighttime, that's when I water my fields. I got to work for a living also. So all day I sit and learn, and then at night I go out and I wonder whatever real estate I own, whatever fields I own. So I'm this. While you're learning during the day, I'll go water your fields during the day. And then that will free you up to learn at night, and then you can learn with me at night. He says, sounds like a good idea. I'll, I'll take that. You're going to do all my work for me, and then we'll learn together. Sounds fantastic. So the field of Abaye happened to have been located right in the middle of the mountain, meaning there were fields on the top, there were fields at the bottom. Abaye was in the middle. We had a machlokas. Who has the rights to the water? Is it the people on the top or the people on the bottom? Nobody had said the people in the middle. That's why Abaye had to work so hard to water his fields. He could not divert the river to uh, to, to his field. That, that, that was clearly that he wasn't allowed to do that. But uh, now that he had some help, Rav Simi was going to water his fields. Rav Simi thought he'd be a chacham, and he'd do as follows. He went to the people who owned the top fields, and Amalahu, he told them, you know, you're not allowed to divert the water to your fields uh, because Tasai Shasumaya Beresha. Now, Allah is that the people on the bottom, Rav's Shita is, that the people on the bottom are the ones that get the water first. But then he went to the people in the bottom fields, and Amalahu, he told them, you know, you're not allowed to divert the water to your fields because Eli Shasumaya Beresha. You know, there was a great rabbi, Shmuel, and he held that the, uh, that the people in the top are the ones that water the fields first. So, Dahachi, uh, Sachar Miskar. So, in between, when, uh, when, since no one else was uh, using the water, so he diverted the water to Abaye's field in the middle, Vashki, and that's how he was Mashka the Sada. That was clearly not Abaye's practice. Abaye wouldn't, uh, wouldn't do that. Abaye would just water a little bit, whatever he could. So, Kiyasal came to Abaye, when Simi came to Abaye, and he said, uh, and, and, and he said, Said to him, "No, how did you, uh, how did you do it?" So Amalei, and he explained to him how he did it. Amalei, kibay treyavaditli. So Abai says, "Well, what are you doing? How could you do that? You're paskening like both, which really means paskening over here doesn't mean paskening like both. You're paskening like neither. Meaning it's machlokas Rav and Shmuel, whether it's the top guy or the bottom guy. It's definitely not the middle guy. So, uh, so you, you, you did wrong by me. And velota minu Abaye leper dahishata. That because of that, Abai refused to eat the." Pe- of the field for that uh, for that for that whole year to show that this uh, this this way of watering the field was not something that he had ever that he had ever approved of. That's what Tosfos writes in uh, in Dibramaskalah Lo Alpiv Asa to let it be known this was not his idea. This was not, he did not instruct Rav Simi to do this. V'shema Machram Dein Kan Gezel Bialma. But says maybe he sold it. Meaning uh, what, what would he do? Just leave it and leave the peros to rot? Well, why does that benefit anybody? <coughs> It wasn't real gazelle anyway. It's only Mishum Darke Shalom. So maybe he sold it. He just didn't want to eat the peros the, the, themselves. And uh, you can't say this was uh, Meikar Adin. That's why you can't say it's Meikar Adin. It has to be that this was a Chumrah uh, that, uh, that Abaye took upon himself. But maybe he didn't take it upon himself beyond just not eating the peros themselves. Now the Gemara brings another Maisa where there was some dispute between different Balei Sadhus, people who owned the top fields and the bottom fields, 
Hanu bnei Charmach. There were people from a city called Charmach who had uh, fields right next to a river, and the river went from the uh, top of a mountain down to the bottom of a mountain in a direct stream. These people went and they dug uh, toward the top of the river. They dug around their fields um, so that uh, so that the water would go completely around the fields, and that 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 uh, it, it diverted the path. Of the river, so when a river is flowing straight, so it flows with a certain uh, with a cer- with a certain strength. But now that they've caused it to make like a circle around their fields, the river is not flowing nearly as strongly as it was. And then once it got past their fields, they allowed it to go back into its original uh, into its original path. So the people from the fields that were above these people's fields came to Abaye. It's ruining our it's ruining our whole river because what's what's happening now that the the stream is weaker down below it we, it's backing up and into our fields and it's and it's flooding our fields because it's uh, when you, when you make the when it doesn't have place to go as fast down below so it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna flood the fields on top. Some of the Abaye told these. People of the who own the top fields, Karba Porta, you should dig a little deeper uh, in that play, you know, in the, in, the, in the upper area, and that way it's not going to overflow the fields. Dig so the water has some place to go. So I'm related. The Bali Asoda said, "Habai Kayavshi Pirin," but uh, the 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 Chafiros are going to dry up. That bring the water to our fields are going to dry up. Let's say there's a year where the river isn't flowing so strong. So by digging deeper and by allowing more water to have to go deeper down, it's not going to come to our fields. It's going to ruin our fields. Meaning things were going well for us before this ruined everything. So Amlua Abayi told the Bnei Charmach, that's how Rashi the Ramban, that's how Tosos understands, at least in one of his Peshatim, that Abayi told the Bnei Charmach, Zilu Sliku Nafshaychu Mehasam, that you have, to, uh, you have to leave and put the river back the way it was, that what you did with the river is not okay, it's ruining the, your neighbors, and that's, that's, that's not okay. That's how Tosos quotes in the second parish. However, Tosos quotes from Rabbeinu Hananel that Abayi was really talking to the Bali Sados Helyonim, that he was talking to the people who owned the top fields, and the Ritva explains, what does that mean? Sliku nafshaychu? What do you mean, sliku nafshaychu? This is my field. I, I should leave my field? How do, you, how do I leave my field? I, I'm going to try to leave it. And you know what will happen? Yova will come and I'll get it right back. So what do you mean, leave my field? So the Ritva explains, it must have been that he was talking to the Arisim, he was talking to the sharecroppers, and it was their responsibility to make sure that the field grows produce. So he said, take a job somewhere else, be a sharecropper somewhere else if you don't like it. These are the circumstances in uh, in this field. The Mishnah said additional things that were Mishum Darke Shalom. Metsudus Chayev Ha'ofas Vudagim Yeshben is Mishum Gezel Mepnei Darke Shalom. Rabbi Yossi says that it's uh, not only Gezel Mepnei Darke Shalom, that it's Gezel Gomer, that it's, uh, that it's actual that it's, uh, that it's actual Gezel Gomer Midevrehem. So that was the discussion in the Mishnah about if you have animals that are already caught in someone's, uh, in someone's traps. So uh, just uh, Tosos points out over here, Mitsudos Chayos Va'ofos when you hear about animals that are caught in traps and you know whether you're allowed to take those animals you immediately think of the sugya of uh, in the second paragraph of Basra taking away someone's livelihood the sugya of 
that if you have a fisherman who put out his nets, you cannot put out your nets right in front of his his nets so that all the fish will come into your nets or that the fish that are already in his nets will come out of his nets and into your nets. So that's immediately the sugya that you think of. So uh, Tosa says it's not exactly the same. Over there, that's the guy's livelihood. So to go in where the guy is making his livelihood and you are taking away the resources through which he makes his livelihood, that's problematic. But minadin, that's not just a dark shalom issue. Because that's a valid taina that you are destroying my living. But over here, where it's uh, where it isn't the guy's parnasa, so it's only an issue of dark shalom. It's nothing beyond dark shalom. That's sugyum babas. So you have to look at very carefully to see what exactly the gedarim are. What's considered to be taking away his livelihood? And what's considered to be natural expansion of a community where there's more demand and there's more, uh, therefore there's more opportunity, or uh, you know, just natural healthy uh, competition. So that's uh, that's a very fascinating sugya, but that is not this sugya. That's what Tosa is saying. That is a, that is an entirely different sugya. So the Gemara explains now, ohari that when we talk about the uh, the taking um, when we talk about the mitzudas chayavalfos taking the animals out of his traps being a, a violation. That's talking about where you have um, traps made out of strings and gomi that kuliyam uh, that everyone uh, everyone agrees that there's no machlokas Tanakama, Rabbi Yossi, that's definitely Gezel Gomor Min HaTorah, meaning if it's actually in the other person's kalim, so Kalim Shaladam are Konim Lo, a person's kalim could be Kona for him, so then for sure it's Gezel Gomor, that's not just Gezel Gomor Midvrayim, that's Gezel Gomor Min HaTorah. That's what the Rambam writes in Hilchus Chiyom HaTorah Parak Alf, Halacha Gimel, that's what it sounds like from Rashi over here as well, that, uh, that it's Gezel Gomor Min there are Rishonim that sound like they say it's Gezel Gomer Midrabanan, but Pashto says it's Minatora because the Caleb Shaladim have already been Kona for him. Keep Ligi, what's the Machlokas about over here, whether it's Darke Shalom or Gezel Midrabanan? That's only Belechi Vikukri. It's certain types of, uh, of, of, um, of trapping uh, Kalim that don't have a base kibble. It's like a net that doesn't have an, an actual receptacle that the animal gets caught in. So, such a thing, you wouldn't say that Caleb. Of Shalom Arkona, if the Kli itself does not have a base kibble. So that's where the Tanakama would say the Isser to take it is Mepnei Darke Shalom, and Rabbi Yossi would say that the Isser to take it is Gezel Gomor Midra Banan. And then the Mishnah had said that if you have a Mitziah, so they picked it up and they thought they acquired it, but the Allah is that they don't have the ability to acquire Midar Raisa. So we said that you're still not allowed to take it away from them. It's Gezel to take it away from them. Rabbi Yossi Omer Gezel Gomer. Rabbi Yossi said, no, it's real Gezel Gomer to take it away from them. Amr of Chisda, so Chisda points out, even Rabbi Yossi, who says Gezel Gomer means Gezel Gomer Midevrehem. He does not mean Gezel Gomer Minatora because he agrees that a chayyashot of a katan do not have the ability to make a kinyan al pidine Torah. Whatever their kona is, only a kinyan on a darabanan level. It is not a kinyan on a uh, daraisa level. So it's clearly only darabanan. So it says in the Mayna of Kamina, what's the difference between uh, calling it gezel gomor? Uh, if it's gezel gomor, mi darabanan only, what difference does it make whether, whether you call it gezel mipnei darke shalom versus gezel gomor mi darabanan? The Tanakama also holds that mi darabanan, it's also 
to take it away from the Cheroshot of a Katan. So what exactly are they arguing about? They're arguing about whether uh, the, the, if you do take it away from them, can the Cheroshot of a Katan then go and sue you in, in, in a Beisdin, and will Beisdin take it back? That according to Biosi the Chomrom Sakin, that it's Gezel Mamish, and therefore if you take their Metziah away from them, Beisdin will be Mechayev you to return it. But according to the Tanakhama, Beisdin will not be Mechayev you to return the Metziah to the Cheroshot of a Katan, because even after the Tachanus Chachamim, it's uh, it's not gezel. It's just asur to do it. Mipnei darkei shalom. So uh, what's asur to do doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be enforced in uh, in Beisdin. The um, it, it, even though even even if you hold like Rabbi Yossi though that it's gezel government mitavrayim, it would not be enough to possible a person uh, leedus. Meaning it's not considered to be uh, to uh, gezel to the extent that a person is possible leedus because of because of it. So it's uh, so it's different. There's a nafkamina. There are three levels. There is Gezel Medarke Shalom, Gezel Gamur Midarabanan, and Gezel Gamur Midaraisa. So Gezel Gamur Midaraisa will pass on Laedus. Gezel Gamur Midarabanan, Bezel will make him return it, but it's not going to pass on him Laedus. And then Gezel Medarke Shalom, you're just not allowed to do, but uh, if you did it, Bezel won't even make the person go and, and return it. Then the Mishnah said that Oni Amenakiv Brosh Hazayis, Masha Tachtav, the Mishnah said that if you have an Oni who's knocking off olives from an olive tree, he's on the olive tree shaking off olives, whatever olives land on the ground around the tree, which he plans on going and collecting afterwards, is you're not allowed to take, that's Gezel Mimnei Darkei Shalom, and Rabbi Yossi had said that, no, it's Gezel Gomor. So says Gomoratana, we learn in Ebraisa, Im Likait Vinasan Beyan. Let's say the Ani actually picked the olives by hand off of the olive tree and then threw them on the ground. So he wasn't just there shaking branches or banging on the branches. He was picking olives, olives off by hand and throwing them on the ground. Then Eresa Gezel Gummer. Then everyone would agree that it's Gezel Gummer, Minhatorah. Because once the, the olives are in his hand, he is actually being Kona. The olives, they're, they're actually becoming his. So, uh, so, that was, so, so then uh, the fact that he put them down on the ground b- below does not entitle anyone to be able to take them. Minat Torah, that's actually stealing. L'chorah, that's a double pasha. L'chorah, once he's koneh, of course it's gezel minat Torah. So the Chiddush, you have to say, the Rishonim point out, Tosas points out, the Chiddush is that even though he only held it for a second, and uh, it was only long enough to just knock it off the, the tree, nevertheless, since uh, he had them for a second, it is considered a, a, a kinyin. In Gilead Shas, he understands that Tosas understands that, that that he had kavana to be kona because you can't you can't uh, be kona without kavana. You need a ma'isa kinyan, you need das to be kona. Those are the two elements of a kinyan. But the Rashba and the Ran say that even if he's not miskaving lezakos, even if he doesn't have kavana to be kona, because if he did have kavana to be kona, then of course it's it's his, and then there will be no chiddush. So the way the Rashba and the Ran understands that the chiddush is not that it was only in his hand for a second. Who cares if it's only in his hand for a second? That's a ma'isa kinyan only has to last a second. The ma'isa kinyan there's no like amount of time that a Maisa Kinyan has to last. So the Rosh Maran say, no, the Chiddush is that even though he never had explicit das to be Kona, it's like understood that that's what, that, that, that that's what he's doing. So that's the, uh, the Chiddush of our, of our Gemara according to the Rosh Maran against Tosos. So then Gemara tells a story. Rav Kana went to a place called Hutzal. He saw a person who was... Um, 
who was throwing sticks at a decal tree, um, and he was knocking off the dates of the decal tree by, uh, by shaking it up. So Azul Rav Kahana saw that all these dates on the ground, so, oh, good, delicious. So he went and he took some dates and he uh, started eating the dates that were, that were on the ground. So Amalei, this fellow said to him, Chazimar, to be you see that I, I'm taking these perils by hand and throwing them on the ground. So since I'm making a Kenyan Gomer, you know, it's, uh, it's really Gezel Gomer Minat Torah to do what you're doing. Because I'm, I'm making, uh, yeah, it's true that some of the perils of Kana saw him, the Gemara said he saw him shaking it off with a stick by hitting it with a stick. So he said, yeah, that's how I got some of those perils down. But some of those perils I got down by actually pulling it by hand and throwing it down. So how do you know what you're eating? Do you know that you're eating the perils that I knocked down with a stick? Rav Kana says, wow, the fact that you know that halacha, that you're familiar enough with the halachas of Dine Mamanus to know the difference between whether you picked it by hand or whether you just shook it off the tree, that shows you must be from Rabbi Yoshia's town because Rabbi Yoshia was, was, very, was a great rabbi. The, his his Balabatim, they knew, they knew all the halachas called because he taught them all these halachas. So, Rav Kana said about Rabbi Yoshia because this was such a positive reflection on the rabbi that the, that the, that the guy who was picking the fruits off the tree was familiar with this halacha. He said, ah, that's a tzaddik yisod alam, that, uh, that, he, that he educated them to, to, such, a, to such an extent. The um, Mishnah in Pirkei Evel says, the olam is omed al-din, al-emes, al shalom So mishpat is, uh, uh, the, the, the mishpat is that anyone's allowed to take the peros that are, that are noshim from, from the eights because the, the, the malakate was, it didn't make a kidney on them. But that's not shalom. For shalom, they were misakin that, yeah, that, 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 that you're not allowed to take them. So, uh, but that's not mishpat. So Rabbi Yoshia taught B'nai Iro to take it by hand so that it will be both mishpat and shalom. That's how the Chesam Sofer explains. So he says, they, that's why he calls it tzadik yisod olam. That he, he figured out a way that it's both mishpat and shalom in the same halach. Because normally, the iser to take it is either midin mishpat or midin shalom. So he says, so now uh, Rabbi Yoshia taught how to, how to solve both of, those, uh, both of those issues. But that's a very critical thing, that that's the responsibility of the, of the rabbi to teach uh, the relevant halachas that they need to know for, uh, for dine mamanism. I think uh, the the um, right, if if uh, if if, if uh, Rav Shachter always says that the Rabbanim should teach right away as soon as a person becomes a rabbi, we should start teaching all the halachas of pikuach nefesh on Shabbos and uh, what you're allowed to do and how makom pikuach nefesh you're allowed to uh, you're allowed to be mechal Shabbos because otherwise if people don't know that's something that they're going to make the wrong call and be machmir unnecessarily and it's a responsibility make sure that people know the basic things that you need to know in order to uh, in order to be able to live life properly. Okay. We don't make a macha on, uh, amongst Aniye Nachrim who come to, to, to collect Lekat Shechampeya and that's because of Darkei Shalom. I mean, even though Lekat Shechampeya is intended for the Aniye Yisrael to be able to come get their Lekat Shechampeya, if Goyim want to come take also who are Aniyim, we don't stop them. Says, similarly, we support Aniyei Nachrim together with Aniyei Yisrael, meaning uh, together with uh, means just like we support Aniyei Yisrael, and Mavakrin doesn't mean mamish that it's equated, Aniyei Yisrael are a priority over Aniyei Nachrim, but we do not refrain, we don't say, ah, oh, it's a violation of how can we give 
to uh, to Aniyei Yaakov. Others point out that maybe the Im Aniyei Yisrael is a critical element over here, that when we're going to give to non-Jewish causes, we should give to universal causes. That, that would be a proper thing, like uh, American Cancer Society, I love that, I'm not, not like, uh, you know, uh, giving endorsements to one, one organization over the other, but things that benefit uh, everybody, things that benefit universally, they benefit everybody. So they're Aniyei Yisrael, they're Aniyei Yaakov, it benefits people universally. So that maybe is the best type of uh, of mefarnas in Aniyei when it's mamish im Aniyei Yisrael, but really lalach it's not what it means. It means even Aniyei uh, you're allowed to uh, designate some tzedakah money for Aniyei So there's a natural disaster in uh, uh, you know in Haiti or in uh, New Orleans or wherever it might be, and there's uh, there's a need for funds. So Jewish organizations should be at the forefront of uh, taking care of some Aniyei Yakum also, and that serves as a as a wonderful uh, kiddush Hashem, and that's a wonderful darkei shalom. And we also are mevaker cholenachrim. If they're if they're ill, we go visit them. Mekovrin meisinachrim im meisay Yisrael mebnei darkei shalom, and we bury the meisinachrim im meisay Yisrael also because of darkei shalom. Now that's a little misleading. We bury meisinachrim im meisay Yisrael because of darkei shalom. We we bury in the same cemetery, so that's uh, that's a little bit misleading. Rashi points out that's not what it means. That it means that we bury meisay meisay Nachrim, uh, just like we bury Mesa Yisrael, Kishem, but not uh, in the same cemetery. There's even a halacha that you're not allowed to be, uh, you're not allowed to bury a tzaddik etzel Russia. You're not allowed to bury a tzaddik, uh, both Jews, but a tzaddik next to a Russia. They they deserve separate uh, separate areas in the cemetery. That's why some cemeteries have a chelik rabbanim. Most cemeteries have, uh, certainly in America, have different areas for for different shuls. The different shuls buy up a certain area of the cemetery because the assumption is that everyone who davens in the same shul is roughly of the same religious level. It's not always true, but it's uh, roughly speaking, so that's why they're, they're buried in the same area. So certainly not to bury uh, Nachrim together with, uh, with, with, with Jews. In the Tshuvas Malam of the Holy, or there was a Kihila that asked him if, if they have to separate by the uh, Kvaros from because there there's a there's a, a, a um the, the the current chevra buries b'nei nachrios in the base kvaros shel yisrael and uh, he says that even though it's a davri yadua that we're not we don't bury nachrim etzel yisrael because b'chol tzfusas yisrael there's always a separate Jewish cemetery and it's a davri pashut and it doesn't need any raya he says I'll still bring your rayas and one of the he says I'll still because it's so it's so uh, obviously some people don't realize this so he says it's a really important thing that we keep a separate Cemetery and one of his rayas is from Arasugya. That even though it says that we're we're covered them im Yisrael doesn't mean im. It means just like there's a fascinating tshuva of Shlomo Kluger in Shuvas Tuv Tam Vedas Madura Tlisa Chelik Beis and Gimel. They asked him that they had the two cemeteries right next to each other, the non-Jewish and the Jewish cemetery, and they wanted to break down the wall between the two, so that they should be completely parrots, the Kivrosakum, that the cemeteries should be mamish right next to each other. And his, his tshuva is, I can't believe you asked me this shayla. Because when you ask a shayla, you have a havamina that the person you're asking might say mutter. So he says, I'm so insulted that you would ask me a shayla like this and think that I would say mutter. So I refuse to answer. How dare you think that I would have a havamina 
Amina to say mutter. That's uh, that's what he writes in the tshuva. It's pretty strong. A lot of times people ask things where the answer is obvious. You know, they they figure it. We'll see if it sticks. You know, we'll try. We'll give it a shot. You know, never have uh, you, know, you don't have anything to lose. So uh, apparently you do have something to lose. Rosh Hashanah can get really angry at you. So he says, God forbid to ever do something like this. And he brings again our Rashi in Maseches Gittin. Is he also tshuva in Chalkas Yaakov in Yardes and Reish Gimel? Where it was a heartbreaking, a terrible tshuva, where a terrible shayla. Someone said that they were lived in a community where uh, where 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 it was illegal to remove a, a mace from the community, but they only had one base hakvaros for Jews and non-Jews together, and uh, they 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 would generally have in separate rows of the cemetery, but sometimes they weren't even so mocked about that. So the person wanted to know, should I leave a tzava for my children to cremate me so that I wouldn't be buried in Meseakum? Which is the worst of the two evils, to be cremated or to uh, to be buried together with Meseakum? So he quotes the Rambam in uh, the 12th paragraph of Ilchasavel, that if a person is mitzavah not to be cover him, ain't shoman love, because the kavur is a mitzvah, he's a kavartik berenu, and when you when you burn a mace, your mevatel mitzvah sasei shel kavura, and uh, there's an iser that uh, you can't get kapara for. Plus, it's a bizayin a mace. Plus, it's bechukoseim lo selechu. Right? This is the issue of uh, of cremation. It used to be pre Holocaust. Sometimes Poskim would say, "Well, how do you expect to have tkiyas amesim if there's going to be cremation?" But then post Holocaust, they couldn't say that. We're going to say that because someone was burnt. That there's not going to be tkiyas amesim. The Rebbe Shalom will figure it out, and uh, we, we we certainly wouldn't say that about the kedoshim of the, of the Holocaust. But you have all these other issues, the halachic issues. That it's a violation of assays and los assays. So he says the better of the two evils is to be buried together with the mesayakum rather than to uh, rather, rather than to um, to be cremated. So that was the the better the, the difference between the two. Now we had said that you're you're also mevaker choleyakum together with chole Yisrael. What's the mitzvah of bikur cholim? So part of the mitzvah of bikur cholim, it's clear in the Gemara and the Darim. Part of the mitzvah of bikur cholim is to be mespalel for the chole. So the implication over here is that you're allowed to be mespalel. For, for the guy also. There's also a, a nice collection of Jews in the Achronim about that. If a guy is a good person and he's, uh, you know, he's a decent person, so he'll have to be mispello for the Chole. Even if he's a Russia or something, some of the poskim say, like, Brooklyn stuff, Yud, they should be mispello, that he stops being a Russia and that he then has a Rufo Shalema once he stops being being a Russia. That's what we uh, we suggest. That was the story with Rav Meir when he was davening that uh, that all those thugs in his neighborhood should all die. So Burya set him straight and said, you're not supposed to daven that people should die, you should daven that they should do tshuva, that Kodesh Baruch Hu should help them out to do tshuva. Okay, next Mishnah, also continuing along the lines of things that we are masakin mipnei darkei shalom. Mash'elis isha lechavirta chashuda l'shviyas. A woman can lend to her her uh, friend who is chashud uh, not to uh, be careful about uh, about shmita um, that, uh, that that she's allowed to lend her all types of things that she that she needs to uh, to make her food. Nafo kvara v'reichayim v'tanur but she cannot be borer nor grind the wheat with her because then she's a misayeya be a mamish to violate the iser. Aishas chaver similarly mashalus leishas amaaretz nafo kvara the she can lend to to a wife of an amaaretz who's not neman on shumas maisros and not trusted a maisros shuma they are actually but not a maisros over eres for tochenes and not only that she can even do borer and tochen and mirake together with her. 
even though she's not trusted but the second the flower touches water and it becomes a dough then she shouldn't uh, she shouldn't touch the dough with her because once you put the flour and the water together it becomes chayiv and chala that's that's the 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 chayiv chala and uh, becomes and the, the, and it becomes tame from the clay amaaretz which are tame and you're not allowed to be gorim tuma to chala so she shouldn't help her as she's violating this iser. Uh, and the reason you're not allowed to help the woman who's chashon and shviya, so the eish samaritz who's chashon and maishos, is because you're not supposed to help out people who are doing averos. But all of this is only because of because of Zarkei Shalom. The uh, Tosas quotes for Ben Utam asked the Kasha that Mesech Shvit says that you're allowed to sell a Macharisha, Para, Hachoreshes, and all that to people who are not uh, who are not trusted in the Halachos, where you could be told that maybe they'll use it B'derech Heter. And over there it doesn't say Mibnei Darkei Shalom, that's just Tam Nahalacha, that you're allowed to sell a plow and, uh, and, and an animal that will work the plow even in, 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 in a situation where they could have used it for uh, for good, um, for, for mutter purposes. So Ben Thomas Miyashev, that our Mishnah is talking about where you know that they only have Perushvius and therefore there's no way to be Tola. There's no way that they would have used it for good. It's only going to be used for uh, for Davarasur. Okay, Umachzikin Yidei Nachrim Bashvius, Avaloyidei Israel, Vishalom Mishlom, Nedarke Shalom. You can encourage Goyim who are working their fields during Shemitah, but not Jews who are working their fields during Shemitah. But and you can be shol b'shalom of nachrim uh, also mivnei mivnei darkei shalom. Even though shalom is a shemoshal kodesh baruch hu, you're allowed to be kori aleim shem hashem um, also because of darkei shalom. But this is also an important issue not to encourage. Certainly, we're not, one is not allowed to help someone violate an issue. That would be lifnei iver. But not even to encourage. Not even to give a sign of approval if you see someone doing an issue. You see someone uh, driving his car on Shabbos. You don't say, okay, drive safely. Drive it. You know. You don't. You don't mention the driving. Don't say anything about the iser that the person is doing that sounds at all encouraging. Ask the Gemara, Why is the din at the beginning of the Mishnah about helping out the person who's chashon and shviyas, where we said that you're not allowed to be borer and tochein, any different than the case where we were talking about the Eishas the HaMa'aretz, where we said that you are allowed to be borer and tochein with her. What's the difference? Amr Abayis, the Gemara is going to bring two answers. Abayis says, even though you're not allowed to help to be borer and tochein, a woman who's chashon and shviyas, that's because we assume that she's dealing with peros that are also ba'achila, but you could. But in Eishes Amar, it's Rav Ameretz Master Hain. You can't make that assumption that she's dealing with peros that are also ba'achila. Most Ameretz, all Masechus Demai, is built on the premise that there is a significant minority of Ameretz who don't take care of Maisos, but most Ameretz still take care of Maisos. So you can work with the uh, general assumption that there's a good chance that everything is Maisos. Rav Ameretz says, No, you don't have to say Rav Ameretz Master. Maybe it's even a suffix. Uh, a regular straight suffix, 50-50 suffix, and um, you're not allowed to help them because it's a chashash daraisa. But our mission that allows helping out is talking about an amaretz according to Shittas Rav Meir, who uh, was mafresh trumas ma'isus, but isn't uh, careful about eating peros betara. The tumah betara derabanan, and we're talking about peros and other foods that uh, that are not minatara, where the the the, uh, the, the that, that are only midrabanan, and therefore he allowed he allowed helping out mishum darke shalom. So Gemara brings a brisa where a man and the chum argue about the definition of amaretz because we just mentioned rameir shita. Titania, we have a brisa ezo amaretz. What is the definition of amaretz? 
Kol she'eno ochel chulav b'tahara divra mera. Mera says, it's someone who doesn't eat his chulin b'tahara. So it's someone who's just not so careful about tumah and tahara. We even with chulin, where there's no issue to be going tumah to chulin. V'chamram kol she'eno ma'asar peroso. V'chamram say, no, an amaretz means someone who's not ma'asar peroso. So our mishnah is assuming like shitus ramera. So the issue of amaretz just means a woman who's not careful about chulin b'tahara. So therefore, as soon as it becomes tevel, as soon as her dough is made, you have to worry about tumah. V'amik d'ktani sev mishtatel samayim lotigama mechal dorei but the Seifa said that once it, t- once it becomes a dough, you're not allowed to touch it. Sounds like the Reisha was not yet talking about Tum and Tara. It was only the Seifa that introduced the concept of Tum and Tara. Says my Reisha vis Seifa betum and Tara. Reisha betum as Chulin, Seifa betum as No, it's all talking about Tum and Tara. The Reisha was talking about Chulin. That was uh, Tamei. The Seifa was talking about Chala, where it actually became uh, became a dough, and therefore it's a concern of Chala. So the Gemara asks, wait a second. Uraminhu, I'll ask you Stira from a Brysa Tochnen the Brysa says that you could be Tochen, you can grind up Tavua that you already were Mafret Shumas Maisos Umafkidin Eitzalochle Shviyas and you can give it as a Pikadon to people who eat Shemitah produce Be'iser Ve'eitzalochle Perosen Betuma and people who eat their Peros Betuma Avalola Ochle Shviyas Ve'lolochle Perosen Betuma but not those who uh, but you can't be Tochen for those who are Ochle Shviyas that eat their their, uh, their grain that's also Ba'chila and not for uh, for people who are eat their Peros Betuma um, the, uh, be, because it's also to be Messiah over Avera. So you see from this Brisa that you can't help out people who are Ochel Chulin Bitumah. So that's a Kasha and Ravu said that the Rachel of the Mishnah that it's Mutter Mnei Shalom. Amra Bayesa Baye answers uh, with the Brisa that says that it's Asr to be Tokh in the Peros of the Ochel Bitumah, Bekoin Achashalachal Truma Bitumah Skinan. That's something about a Kohen who's going to eat Truma Bitumah, Davide Tumah Doraisa, where the Kohen is, uh, where it's a, a violation of this Doraisa to eat Truma betuma. Fracting Mar Ihachi, if the Bryce is talking about a coin who's chashed to eat Truma betuma, mafkidin, then why does it say, uh, how could it be that you're allowed to be mafkid peros to him? Or a minu, mafkidin, Truma etzel Yisrael Amaretz, velo etzel koin Amaretz, mene sheli bogaspa, that you're, you're allowed to be mafkid by, uh, by Yisrael Amaretz, and you don't have to worry that, uh, that, that he's going to touch it and he's going to be metame it, because he's, uh, he's, he's, he's not used to having Truma, but not by a coin who's used to always having Truma around. Amra <laughs> The first brice that says that you're allowed to be mafkid truma by a kohen is talking about where the peros are inside the klicharis amuk of tzamid pasil, where it's completely protected from any tuma outside. I v'leich shemitzitenu ishto nida, but shouldn't you have to be concerned that his wife, who's a nida, is going to move it? So even just by moving it from the outside without exposing the fruits on the inside, it's going to be metamiyot. Elam Ravir Mielo Kasha Ravir says no, it's not a steer between the two brices. In order for any for any peros to become tame, they first need to be So the brisa that says that you're not allowed to be mafkid is talking about they already huchshal kabeltuma. So you do have to be choshesh that he's going to be metamiyit. The the other brisa that says you're allowed to be mafkid the peros is talking about peros of truma that are not huchshal kabeltuma. So even if someone tame does touch it, nothing's going to happen. Or a minhu hamalachitin l'tochin kuti l'tochin amaretz harei l'becheskas l'maisur shviyas that. 
that uh, the, they're, they're still considered becheskas, those peros that, uh, um, with regard to Meister and Shavis, we're not, we're not concerned the Kutu, the Amaris is going to switch out those peros <laughs> for other peros that you didn't take Meisters from, or for other peros that are, that, that are a produce of Shemitah, of a, a lolotuma. But you cannot make any assumptions about Tumah. You have to be Yichoshish that he was Metamidem. So you see that Yichoshish is Metamidem. How could these Brises say that you're allowed to be Mafkid by uh, people who are Chashur and Peru and by Yameya Aretz? So, Haimai Rumya, what kind of cash is that? Lavukim Peru So, didn't we just say that there's a difference between Peru Shalokshu and Peru Shalokshu? You don't have to be concerned if it's Peru Shalokshu. Utkarila, my Karila. What was the even, the Havamin that he even asked the Kasha to begin with? So, Sazamar Mishmu to Kabayla Mirmi Akriti Allah, because we wanted to really ask another brisa as a stira. And we're not concerned that maybe he's going to we're not concerned that maybe he's going to switch them out for other peros. And it's on that that we could ask that, wait a second, we learn in another brisa that a chaver who's neman on maestros hanosein lechamoso, who gives uh, some of his produce to his mother-in-law to prepare for him a uh, dish and his mother-in-law is an aishas ama'aretz. So ma'as He's got to take maestros before he gives it to her, and then he's got to take maestros from what she gives back to him. Because we're concerned that she's going to want to impress her son-in-law and make something delicious, and if the first time she makes something it doesn't turn out good, she's going to she'll buy new ingredients and make it again. So we're concerned that she's going to switch it out for payros that are uh, that, that that are not uh, that do not have taken from them. So you see in this brisa that we are choshesh that someone's going to switch it out, so how can a chavr be mafkid eitzel chashudim? So the Gemara says, hasam kedik tani taima. No, but there it's a special circumstance. It's said in Beferish in the Brisa, that Amrav Yudah wrote si betakhanas bita uboshem echasana, that specifically with the mother-in-law, she's going to want her daughter to be happy, and her son-in-law to be happy, and by extension, her daughter to be happy, and that's why she's going to uh, she's going to, to want to switch it out. But generally speaking, we may not have that uh, same concern. Okay, we're uh, right in the middle of something, but we'll pick up from Malal Malal Cheshinan tomorrow.